<laughs> you want to go ahead and read the thing you for want us, me to Greg? Read the thing or... <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the thing. Lake Pigneur is a quiet little lake just north of Vermilion Bay in the U.S. state of Louisiana. Sitting inside a ring of botanical gardens, historic mansions, and a plant nursery, it's calm and quiet enough to be popular with fishermen, bird watchers, and children learning to swim. To the couples getting married on the lush green lawns of Jefferson Estate, or the vacationers lounging at their waterfront cottage, or the out-of-town fishermen hoping for a largemouth bass, the lake is simply a peaceful backdrop to their day. If they notice it at all, they might think that such a remote, quiet body of water has remained unchanged for centuries. On many of Louisiana's remote, quiet lakes, that would be correct, but if you assumed that here, you would be very, very wrong. On this episode of Relative Disasters, how an industrial accident caused Lake Peigneur to disappear into an enormous sinkhole in a matter of hours, and what happened next. Welcome to Relative Disasters, the show where my brother and I manage our existential dread by talking about terrible and interesting historical events and their context, implications, and any related sidebars we feel like discussing. I'm Ella, Vice President of Maelstrom Management here at Relative Disasters Global Industries. And I'm her brother Greg, Chief Sinkhole Ecology Officer here at Relative Disasters Research Incorporated. Thank you so much for that nice little story, Greg. (laughs) Yeah, it seems like a nice, quiet place. I, I I know nothing about this disaster. I'm really excited. Uh, you told me not to look anything up about it at all, and I have not. And I, I wanted you to come wait. into this fresh because there's a lot of I'm kind complete... of conflicting information floating around out there. Oh, uh, oh, that's not good. Floating. Okay. That was a lake pun, the first of many. I see. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so let me start with my sources. The best and most comprehensive source that I found for this episode is the official U.S. Department of Labor, Mine Safety, and Health Administration. Uh, the report on the incident they wrote in 1981, which is called okay. the Jefferson Island Mine Inundation. Hey. Yeah, so they're writing from the perspective had... of the mine, not the lake. Gotcha. And we'll get into the gotcha. mine. We haven't brought up the mine yet, but... Big part of the story. Well, you just did. Uh, so the official report, and I also found an excellent YouTube video by Lauren huh. Klein. Uh, I believe this is our first main source we found on YouTube. Is this a is this a sourced YouTube video or just some random person? So he's a science and social studies teacher in Louisiana. He has a really okay. interesting channel with a lot of really interesting disaster videos. Uh, okay. So I basically okay. just sat and watched his entire catalog when I was researching this. None of that is in this okay. episode, but highly recommend. He's very engaging. All right. Now, now, keeping in mind, dear listeners, that we normally do not. In fact, we actively discourage uh, <laughs> looking at YouTube videos as a primary source. I'm not anti-YouTube I'm just, video because... Well, we, we at least look at sources, man. We look at them for sure right. on YouTube uh, for this okay. episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great segue, right? No. <laughs> uh, this video by Lauren Klein, that's L-O-R-E-N, Klein, K-L-E-I-N, okay. is called How Can a Lake Vanish in Three Hours? Phenomenon oh Explained. And then in parentheses, okay. the Lake Penure Salt Mine Disaster. Cool. Cool, cool. I will cool. say. Oh, oh, it's a salt mine. 
oh, yeah. I'm beginning to piece this together. I right, so we wait. started with the lake, right? And then mm-hmm. I told you my mm-hmm. main source is the salt mine report. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. The report of the inundation is pretty dry reading in places. One would imagine. It's really, <laughs> uh, it's not dry. It's not dry, right? Because it's about a flood. Okay. <laughs> You are simply flooded with information. Um, okay. It's hard to picture, is my point. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, sure. They talk Those about things usually... in a very dry way, and uh, I found the video really helpful for kind of visualizing some of the concepts that cool. are going on. It is very complicated. I will do my best to explain what happens. I'm I'm looking forward to this you so much. You have no idea. Let me know where I get off track. Okay, so first things first. Okay, okay. Yes. This is a story about Lake Penoir, which sits on Jefferson Island, Louisiana, okay. which is an area right at the tip, the northern tip of Vermilion Bay. So right on top of the Gulf of Mexico, Okay. there's this little bay, and there is a canal which runs north directly to the lake. That's a shipping canal called the Del Cambre Canal. Okay. Uh, so that's actually the outflow to the lake. This is important. Okay. I apologize. This is hard to picture, and uh, no, I'm, it is I'm important. It. So this is a freshwater lake, and yeah. the water flows down the Del Cambre Canal. There are all kinds of little shrimping communities that are along this canal, and it's also used for transporting the salt out of the Jefferson Island salt mine. So it goes straight down the river and away to, I don't know, who buys industrial salt? Lots of people. Sure. Industrial salt buyers. Okay. <laughs> Did not look into that. Uh, the thing you have to know about Jefferson Island is that it's not an island. Okay. It is a low hill surrounded by marsh, and it's a hill because it sits right on top of a salt dome. Okay. So now I got to take a little geology sidebar. You know I love that. Yes. Yes. So salt is lighter than the surrounding rock. So when it's kind of yeah. pushed in with a bunch of rock, that's the technical term. It, yes, mushing. It tends is, to like yeah. develop in these huge columns that kind of get pushed upwards because it's yeah. so much lighter. It, it collects it, in these columns and the columns push up. Uh, there's a lot of salt in southern Louisiana. Okay. And uh, in fact, all around the rim of the Gulf of Mexico. And the salt dome propping up Jefferson Island and running under Lake Penure is not a remarkable one. Like it's not huge. It's not small. It's a regular salt dome. In fact, okay. uh, Jefferson Island is one of five salt dome islands in the area. That's islands with big quote marks because they're not okay. surrounded by water. They're just like hills. Hills that have salt under them. Salt under them and kind of marsh around them. So this area is gotcha. very low lying. So you can actually okay. see these mounds from quite a distance and they probably did look like islands at certain times of the year because they're surrounded by these marshy areas gotcha okay right so there are big salt domes at avery island Cote blanche and belle isle so when uh those are all like in a line with jefferson island they're neighbors they're like close enough to hold hands if you can picture islands okay Okay, so when rock salt was discovered under Jefferson Island in 1894, it was not a huge surprise. And a few years later, the Diamond Crystal Salt Company of Michigan snapped up the mineral rights to Jefferson Island and built a massive salt mine that looked just like the neighboring ones. Those are mines that are already in operation at Avery Island, Cote Blanche, and Belle Isle. Okay. 
So structurally, because the salt is being mined out of a giant plug, it's not like running in veins the way gold right. or coal does. It's not running through right. the other rockets collected into this giant column. So mining it is actually really straightforward. I was going to say, yeah, you just kind of walk down there. <laughs> With a spoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a spoon, a bagel, you know. A bagel, that's so nice. <laughs> Industrial salt on your bagel, yeah. yes. So on Jefferson Island, what they did in uh, the 19-teens and 20s is sink a giant shaft straight down, 800 feet. And then they Whoa, just okay. used equipment to clear out this huge square throughout the dome. And they're working in rooms and pillars. These are massive, massive tunnels and rooms okay do you have any idea of like what the like the ceiling clearance on these things was i do 75 feet whoa yeah they're huge square rooms like if you look at photos of like people in there working and moving their machinery around you're like this is the one line i would actually feel pretty comfortable working in because it's really spacious and it's white like when you light it up it it just looks really bright and clean I'm sure okay, it's not, okay. and it's actually very uh-huh. like dirty, hazardous work, but from the pictures, it didn't look too bad. But it's very aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> <laughs> it matches my aesthetic. I love a white wall. I like it. <laughs> uh, but that's not to say that salt mines can't be dangerous. Of course, yeah. Uh, so in 1970, four workers in the Diamond Crystal Mine on Jefferson Island are killed when an 80 by 120 square foot section of roof collapses onto them that's following a planned blast at the face oh so they're clearing out a new tunnel and somehow this piece of the ceiling ceiling just drops drops. on them yeah it squishes them and the machinery it's a terrible accident and it is fatal to four people yeah uh in 1979 on bell isle which is one of the nearby mines another planned blast causes what's called a blowout phenomenon okay uh, geology sidebar. <laughs> so when salt yes. collects, it kind of uh, forms these like cracks and crevices that can allow um, gases and other things to collect, such as petroleum. We'll come back to that. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, that sounds super dangerous. Yeah. So strangely, even though they look, <laughs> even though they look really like clean and spacious and safe. Yeah. There are actually these pockets of flammable gas and uh, sulfur. Yeah. Yeah, natural gas. So on Belle Isle, the blast caused what's called a blowout phenomenon, where pockets of flammable gas are ignited, where these kind of mystery oh, pockets of okay. flammable gas are ignited by the blast. Uh, this okay. one caused a massive secondary explosion, and this one killed five miners. Jeez. So those occurred in 1970 and 1979. Yeah. Uh, both of those, in both of those cases, dozens of other miners are able to evacuate safely because of strict emergency protocols, including regular hey, safety drills. Hey, we love strict drills. emergency protocols. We love to see this. We love it so much. Yes. Um, and those are put in place after a 1968 fire, also at Belle Isle, which killed everyone, Jeez. all 21 miners, oh, God. the whole shift, everybody oh, who was God. underground at the time. Uh, it's unclear. Uh, well, obviously they suffocated in the yeah. fire. Um, it's unclear what yeah. caused the fire. And okay. by this time, the miners and the companies know about these like pockets of flammable gas and different dangerous things that you can run into. So okay. they really push these safety protocols, these emergency drills, safety equipment, alarms throughout the mines. 
uh, which huh. we love to see, as we said. That's fantastic. Normally, the history of mining things out of the ground has not been one of let's factor in safety over profit. So yeah, historically, that's great. historically, miners historically it does not like, work out like that. It's dangerous work, you know. We'll, we'll yeah, pay we're you a little sorry more everybody died, want. but uh, <laughs> yeah, we gotta we gotta. I mean, talk about the Kentucky coal mines and such, and yeah, that'll be a fun anyway. episode. No, it won't. <laughs> uh, so, at by the end of the 1970s, the mine at Jefferson Island has a safety director. They have a safety committee. Yep. They're holding weekly safety meetings as well as full evacuation drills every three months. And the report that wow. I read said that this was actually Dang. taken really pretty seriously. I mean, we've all been in fire drills yeah, where yeah, people yeah. are like, oh, my God, again. Uh, uh, but yeah. that doesn't seem to be the case. These were taken seriously. These were taken Good. pretty seriously, yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, and they're also getting these regular federal mine inspections. Okay. Okay. So despite the fact that they are like a thousand feet down in a salt mine under a lake, it's actually a yep. pretty safe place to work from a mining safety standpoint. Right. 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 <laughs> so as we mentioned before, salt tends to sit alongside a number of other deposits, some of which can be very yep. dangerous. Yep. By the end of the 1970s, there have been over 250 exploratory drills on Jefferson Island. So that's corporations looking for sulfur, natural gas, and petroleum, yep. which are known to occur alongside salt deposits. Okay. In the late 1970s, Texaco, yep. the company. Our heroes. <laughs> Never our heroes. Nope. <laughs> and certainly not the hero of this episode. Uh, in the yep. late 1970s, they leased some mineral rights from the state and commissioned a local drilling company to set up two oil rigs. Oil rigs? Yes. Uh, so they want one on the island itself and one in okay. Lake Penoir to drill down and see what they could find. So they're doing like an exploratory okay. borehole. They're looking for oil. They do the okay. one on land. They don't find anything. Let me guess. They find something in the water. Oh, they sure do, Greg. But you're getting ahead oh, of myself. No, no, <laughs> no. That's not what I wanted to have happen. They sure do. Uh, so in the fall of 1980, yeah. Lake Pinure is a warm, shallow, freshwater lake. Okay. It's fairly big as lakes go, but it's only about 10 feet deep on average. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it is shallow. It is a puddle. Yeah, there's it's just no, very wide. It's very flat. Like, there's not a lot of gotcha. variation. It's it's okay, like a pancake. Cool. <laughs> a water gotcha. pancake. I'm digging it. A great place to learn how to swim. Yes, and actually, you can swim there. The water has very good water quality now. Really? Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Swimming and fishing. Yay. All right, what Thank happened? Thank you for sponsoring <laughs> this episode, Louisiana Board of Tourism. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make you proud. <laughs> All right, but so they come up nice? empty on the land, uh, and they go ahead and put one down on the lake. Yeah. Now, they put it on wooden pilings in 10 feet of water. This is a big oil rig. Like, this is a full-on derrick. It's 150 feet tall. Uh, so th that's not going to work at all. Why do you say that? Uh, putting it on wooden pilings in something that's only about 10 feet deep mm -hmm. means that all of that weight is simply going to press down onto the shell of the... Uh, the ground that you have there as opposed to being buffered by having to pass through you know tons and tons of water mm -hmm. 
So I really hope that the uh, the roof of that shell is far down as, you know, the salt mine is super solid and secure. Well, listen, they're not drilling right on top of the salt mine. Oh, okay. Well, that makes everything better. They're at then. a different spot. They do have maps, and they have triangulated okay. a position where they have 50 feet of clearance from the edge of the salt dome. Remember, the salt mine is inside the salt dome. It right, doesn't right. extend beyond that. So, in theory, so they're not they should dropping be... a drill through the salt dome. Well, now you're really getting ahead of me. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. <laughs> they're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the guys Fantastic. doing the drilling, remember, this is like a common thing for them. This is a company that specializes yeah. in this. These guys have a ton of experience. They, The guys from Texaco have given them specific coordinates. They've set this drill on a track. Okay. They're dropping it straight down. And they do drop it straight down. They're only off by, I think, a half an inch, the report said, from a plumb. Oh, okay. From a plumb line, sure. which is, you know, a line going straight down. Yeah. So they're doing it. So it goes as well as they could have done it. What they do is, or what they're planning to do, this is the plan. They're going to drill down okay. to a really deep level. They're going to drill down 7,950 feet. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. And they're going to stop at several different levels to see if there's oil. Okay. Now, they know that there's a salt mine down there. Right. Um, and but they're confident that they're outside of the dome. Everybody seems confident that they're outside the dome. Cool. Uh, and so it's <laughs> the distance that they have seems like a safe distance to everybody. Okay. Also, it's a tiny borehole. You're, you're picturing okay. like some massive hole it's not it's a 14 inch hole yeah that's about what i'm picturing but yeah i can i can see what you mean like that's still <sighs> all right <clears throat> nothing's gonna go wrong don't worry no so... <laughs> no this sounds great so the thing is when you're drilling that deep it does take a while to get down there so on november 18th sure. 1980 this uh secondary kind of offshore if you can call being in 10 feet of water offshore yeah this uh, offshore rig <laughs> begins to drill Two days later, they're only 1,200 feet down. Sure. Uh, They clock in for the morning. Sun comes up. Beautiful day. They've been on the job for about an hour when the drill gets stuck. Right? Okay. Really stuck. They can't move it no matter how much pressure they put on it. Okay. They throw it in reverse. They can't back it out. So they're discussing what to do. When they hear something you really shouldn't hear on oh, no, an oil no, no, rig. Oh, no, 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 Yep. And the whole sound is... of it collapsing downward? <clears throat> no, it's just a little popping noise. Oh, okay. But it's coming that's from fine, I suppose. way down below. Yeah. Uh, people are kind of on alert, but not really alarmed until they realize that the rig is tilting down in one corner. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. Yep. These are not stupid people. They get on Good. a boat. They go to the shore. And they, they get out of there. Yeah, good. <laughs> They're okay. actually going to call Texaco and describe the situation and ask what they want to do because they don't know what's going on. It could be a problem with the rig. It could be a problem with the drill. But either way, they need to – they're contracting for Texaco, so they need to call and see what they want to do. They need to have somebody above their pay grade make a decision. Right. Got it. Because they have clients. They're just trying to – you know, Texaco yeah, yeah, is yeah. their client. Work on behalf of the client. Right. So, uh, so as they are standing on the shore – dialing up Texaco on the landline. I'm picturing a payphone, but I'm sure they had an actual office. <laughs> <laughs> beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. And then they had to put in a bunch of quarters. Yep, yep. 
Yep. Uh, as they're watching this tilt, though, the rig falls over. Oh, God. Okay, that's not the worst part. Remember I said there's only 10 feet of water? That's not the worst part. Okay. The 150-foot-tall Derek disappears. Yep. Yep. Okay. Friends, there is no longer 10 feet of water in Lake Panier. Yep. yep. Uh, so they realize that... <laughs> In my notes, I wrote, something went wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, uh, they're very smart people, as you said before. Well, it's not. They're very experienced, and they know that that shouldn't be happening. And uh, frankly, a child oh who dropped a 150-foot-tall yeah. thing in a 10-foot-tall would realize that something was wrong. Yeah. God. Okay. Okay. So, bad feelings all around. Uh, yep. Yep, this is great. I hate it. Do you remember that I mentioned that there was a salt mine inside the uh, salt dome under the lake? A salt mine in the salt dome. Yes, I seem to recall something like I can, that. I yep. can mm -hmm. go back if you... Okay. Uh, but down in the deepest part of that mine, that is that 1,300-foot level, uh, the mine's master oh, electrician is at work when he hears a weird noise. This is about two and a half hours after the drill gets stuck in the lake about oh, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. He okay. happens to glance down the tunnel, and what do you think he sees? Uh, water? He sees a bunch of water. And yeah. the weird banging noise is empty field mm -mm. drums banging around because mm -mm. they are floating. Now, floods are bad news. I don't like bad this news. at all. <laughs> floods are bad news in any mine, but in salt mines, they're extra yeah. bad because what does salt do when it gets wet? Uh, it dissolves. Yes. It sure does. As I said before. <laughs> And then you have even more problems. And remember, this is a giant piece of salt. Uh, There's no, like, uh, safe place they can go to watch the salt wash away. Right. Right? They just need to get out. Out. Immediately. Right now. Yeah. Okay. So the master electrician does not mess around when he sees this water. He immediately sounds the alarm to evacuate. Yep. And he disconnects Good. the power. Then the eight Smart people man. at that end of the mine gather around the hoist. That's the little yep. elevator up to the surface, which is where they really want yep. to be. Yes. Um, yes. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> they have to stand there waiting. This is a phone line, again, because it's 1980. They have to yep. dial up to get the hoist dropped down to them, and then they have to climb in, and it lifts them up. There is only one I'm elevator imagining... up to the surface, by the way. I'm imagining, like, those, those like, collect calls where you're where it's like, you have a call from, hi, I'm done with plague practice, come get me. <laughs> And they're like, hi, the mine is flooding. Come get me. <laughs> We're at 1,300 feet. I we hate this really like a lift. so much. Yep. Okay. Uh, so you can just like you can just imagine how excruciating that weight must have been as mm -hmm. the water is creeping closer. Yeah, I'm having zero problems uh, imagining how excruciating that yeah. weight is. Yes. Okay, so as they're getting out to the surface, three safety officers search the rest of the lower level. They're just ahead of the flood water. Uh-huh. A maintenance foreman uses a truck because this mine is so huge you can actually drive around it in a truck. Okay. And he goes okay. around picking okay. up the four miners who are working at the front, so that's beyond the range of the evacuation alarm. Oh, okay. So they're so far Tells them to get out. Yeah, into the new part of the mine they can't see the lights. So he grabs them, puts them okay. on the truck. And all the people on the thirteen hundred foot level, that's thirteen hundred feet below, are able to walk yeah. together to the one thousand foot level muster point. Okay. They do a head count <laughs> at that point. Uh, the report said okay. they did the head count three times. 
Nobody's missing. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank so goodness. the head okay. count shows that everybody present in the bottom two levels of the mine, that's everybody on that shift, plus three incredibly unlucky geology students visiting from LSU for a oh, tour. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, they made it out of those flooded lower levels. The hoist has to make four trips. Each trip takes about 10 oh. minutes. Uh, but over the next 40 minutes, everyone who had been in the mine as it began to flood, that's 50 people, between 50 and 55 people. Yep. Everybody makes it to the surface alive and uninjured. Okay. Amazing, okay. Right? Okay. And they're okay. just in time because that little creek of water has become a full on flood. Yep. I'm going to read you a paragraph from the original report by the FSHA, yes, which describes the scene. So these guys are coming up from the hoist. <laughs> this is what they're saying. Okay. Yep. Quote, while the miners were escaping, the inundation rapidly became a torrent as water from Lake Penure drained into the mine at the 1300 foot level. As the lake began emptying into the mine, a vast whirlpool, approximately one fourth of a mile in diameter, developed in the lake. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. There are photos um, and news footage. Oh, end quote. <laughs> Yeah, there are photos and news footage of this whirlpool, and they are terrifying. They do not like. Yeah. they do not look like they are happening in real life. They actually, because the news footage is so grainy, they look like a really bad special effect. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like someone this built a model some... and like didn't bother to make it really nice looking, so they just shot it in a grainy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's not a model; it's uh, a real thing. Some eyewitnesses yep. describe this vortex as a giant bathtub drain. And it does kind of look yeah. like that in some of the photos because there are these barges circling it. Oh, my God. Right. And these these huge barges, which are there because they're shipping the salt down the canal to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. They're loaded. One has four tractor trailers on it. Oh, no, that's, no, That's no. how big okay. they are. So you're watching these barges kind of circle they look exactly like bathtub toys circling the drain. Yep. Only this drain yep. <laughs> sucks them right down. Yeah. They just start getting swallowed whole. And you're like, was that a barge? Did a barge just go in there? Uh, a fisherman who was on the lake with his nephew at the time of the accident <clears throat> saw and heard the vortex pick up strength. So he guns his boat to get out of the current. He makes it to shore where he ties his boat to a tree. He rushes his nephew and whatever they caught, I guess, up the hill. Uh, so they can get a better look so they get to watch as the current gets so strong it actually starts to chew away at the shore yeah yeah okay so the oil rig on the shore falls in remember the one that's in the water has already fallen in Uh, a parking lot kind of dissolves into the lake yeah Uh, a brand new house thankfully evacuated Uh. and hundreds of trees including the one the fisherman had tied his boat to (laughs) Okay, but but he and his nephew got he out. And his nephew so that's got what's out. Important. The boat sadly did not. They all slide into that... the water and they all go down the drain with the barges. Oh, okay. God. This is about four hours after the oil rig crew had heard that popping noise, and the lake is almost empty. That's three point five billion gallons of water, and the water level has dropped to a point where it begins to reverse the flow of the canal that normally drains the wake. This is not oh, a little God. backwards triple. Right? This is, yeah. after a couple hours, a 150-foot waterfall of water coming straight from the Gulf of Mexico. Coming back into the basin there. Yeah. This is and the only time that flowing down the hole, I'm guessing? <laughs> right. Right down the hole. 
Oh, no. It's impressive. It does look a little bit like Niagara Falls. Okay. Uh, Let me give you another quote from the official report. Sure. Quote, normally water from the lake flowed out through the Del Cambre Canal to Vermilion Bay and the Gulf of Mexico. With the emptying of the lake, however, the water was flowing from the Del Cambre Canal into the crater. This reverse flow continued for the next two days until the lake was once again filled with water. (laughs) And the normal flow out into the canal recommenced. End quote. So enough water flowed back in there to refill the entire emptied lake. So what's happening right now is that the lake has drained into the salt mine. It has dissolved a lot of the salt. Yeah. So when the canal starts filling up the lake bed, it's not just filling up the lake bed, right? It's filling yeah, up it's... the salt mine. And then yeah. when the salt mine is full, it's <laughs> oh, going to fill up God. the lake. And then at that point, the water is going to equalize and it's going to start flowing back. Right, right, right. But before that happens, a gas line, also owned by Texaco, breaks and catches on fire. So now this roaring, oh. muddy, foamy hell, the lake bed, has a yep. literal column of fire rising from the mud. Oh no! Okay, okay. Just to mm-hmm. just to add a little, just to judge it yeah. up a little, right? Well, we need we. They, they didn't sparkle. blow all the effects budget on the backwards draining bathtub. They needed a spume of fire as well. Well, I'm I'm surprised that you said that because uh, the other thing that <laughs> the water does as it fills the mine and dissolves the mine shafts is uh, yep. creates a geyser. So yep. the air pressure in the tunnels kind yep. of. Yeah, busts out the top mm. of the mine and uh, forms a giant geyser. It's a it's a full on disaster movie. This is it is <laughs> it this really is like is. something that you you you'd see in a you know terrible disaster movie and just be like, come on, <laughs> right? <laughs> like a geyser that's a little far fetched. Yeah, we. <laughs> All right, I'll take the flood. I'll take the backwards waterfall. I'll even take the giant gout of flame. But the geyser's one too far, folks. Right. I don't know. It's wow. it's the cherry on top of the disaster Sunday. It, it really it, is. Yeah. Ugh. All right, by the end of this whole process, Lake Pinder isn't really any bigger, uh, but it has sure. completely changed its shoreline. It swallowed 70 acres yeah. of land. Oh my god. A tugboat, two fishing boats, four tractor trailers, <laughs> a house, a parking lot, uh, 11 barges. Yeah. Only nine of which ever popped up when the, <laughs> when the lake. So there's still some under, under there somewhere. Yeah. Well, more than some. That's, you know, there are two giant iron barges somewhere in the dissolved salt mine. Oh god. Well, with all that dissolved salt around them. <laughs> right. Well, with all that dissolved salt around them, they'll they'll degrade fairly quickly. Yeah, I mean environmentally it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not the worst. It's not great, but it's not right, the worst. It's not great, cool. but it's not the worst. Unlike so many other things we discuss here. Oh my goodness. Uh so it's a complete change of geography and ecology over something like 60 hours start to finish. That is too fast. Right? Wow. Okay. It's very, very quick. Uh, the most shocking thing about this story to me is the fact that nobody was killed. Nobody was even injured. Yeah. When you think of the number of I, people... I kept waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> when you think of the number of people who had to scramble for safety, especially those who were 1,300 feet down in the salt mine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the power and the size of the natural forces at work, it's just a complete miracle. Like That's it's, crazy. It's That's amazing. Really, really unexpected 
Uh, and and very welcome. And very, very, welcome. very welcome. Yeah, I mean, after the last episode <laughs> where 10,000 yeah. people were injured or killed, I, I wanted to look for something that had a, a low body count. And zero <laughs> yes. is a low number. The other, the other interesting thing that happens that is not completely expected is that the salt dome does not collapse or dissolve completely. Okay. So the official report mentions seismic activities over the next two days. But Jefferson yeah. Island itself doesn't collapse into the Lake Penure sinkhole. So it doesn't oh, collapse okay. into that cavity created by the mine. Yeah. Uh, on November 27th, the natural gas well burns itself out finally, and the people who live around the lake are allowed to return home. Jeez. So, Greg, what do you think happened? What do you think caused this? Uh, Any well, guesses? Okay, so my best guess would be something like the drill hit a pocket of either gas or uh i don't know something (laughs) (laughs) and it and uh it allowed um i i don't know i mean i would guess like the drill went down it hits it hit a uh what i'll just say a gas pocket sure that's a good theory actually and then uh and then the the in in the attempt to dislodge it, it displaced enough, you know, stuff to allow water to start going down there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really logical. Um... So what actually happened? Well, if you look at like the two minute videos on YouTube that explain this, what they describe is just like uh, the borehole poked into the poked into the salt mine and caused a hole, and then lake water came flooding down. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Which, if you read about this, sounds like a reasonable thing, right? Sure, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, if, if you were to take, like, a, if you were to heat, mm-hmm. take a whole bunch of salt, heat it up, in, and shape it into, you know, a, salt a dome? dome shape, <laughs> and then pour water on it. Absolutely not how this was formed. No, no, no. Uh, it's it's like a bath bomb in reverse, right? <laughs> it's like that's an interesting way to look at it. I guess you could. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, right. the tragedies at the bath bomb mines are even worse than, mm, mm. and the working <laughs> conditions there are appalling. But very fragrant. Always come mm. home smelling good. Uh, so the question of what exactly happened is actually a lot more complicated than you might think. Okay. Scientists are pretty much in agreement. Uh, that water entered the salt mine, right? (laughs) Good. Okay. (laughs) And the water caused the collapse or caused the mine to eventually collapse as it dissolved the rock salt. Which makes sense. Sure. But the big question is who is responsible, right? Uh, Yes, because we need to find somebody to blame. Well, in order to blame somebody, you need to know what happened. Yeah. Right? And the problem is (laughs) the evidence is you know dissolved and even yeah, if it wasn't dissolved I was gonna say. it's at the bottom of a 1300 foot hole full of debris and barges and so the so... crystal diamond mining company sues Texaco immediately <laughs> like, yeah as naturally. you do as you do uh they also sue the drilling company that Texaco contracted with Texaco sues yep. both of them they sue the of drilling course. company and they sue the crystal diamond mining company they what their claim is, is that the mining company mm-hmm. hadn't provided accurate schematics. Okay. 
Okay, uh, so sure. how can we drill a hole if we don't know where the stupid mine is, right? Right, that's, right, that's sure, yep. Case. Absolutely their fault, yep. Mm-hmm. The landowners around sure. the lake who lost their property sued all of them. Makes sense. Right, and eventually everything gets settled out of court because, as you can imagine, any evidence is just non-existent. Nobody it's witnesses non-existent, anything yeah. that, that says what happens or that can explain what happens and... Uh, yeah, the drill bit is down you there. You can't prove anything one way or the, <laughs> the salt other. Is down there. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Texaco does end up settling for a total of about forty-five million dollars. Yeah. So like 18, 18 minutes of operation for them at that time. Yeah, period. I mean, it's it's pocket change. Uh, most of that goes to the Crystal Diamond Mining Company, and they get out of the mining business <laughs> at this point. Uh, like, sure. I'd give up too at that point. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be on to I'd be on to the next the next phase of my career. Yeah, maybe Crystal <laughs> Emerald Tree Growing Company. Right? Yes, you be above what a fantastic ground. idea! Right. right. Uh, so forty five million dollars sounds like a lot of money to you and me. No, it doesn't. Beyonds, but it's actually yes. pretty low compared to the damage. Yeah. Uh, one reason why it's not much higher is that the government report steadfastly refuses. To pinpoint a cause. Yep. Uh, that makes, yeah. It goes out of its way <laughs> to say it is impossible to tell. It is impossible to tell. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it is. I mean, for all, for all anybody could prove, especially prove, you know, to the satisfaction of a court of law. Right. There's, there's absolutely no way to say that anyone's actions directly resulted in this. Everyone's actions somehow resulted in this, as we can see from the aftermath, mm-hmm. but there's no way to pinpoint who who did what to make it. Sure. Ugh. And it's kind of yeah. it's kind of a fool's errand because you're dealing with giant corporations yeah. with bottomless yeah, yeah, pockets yeah. who love suing people. <laughs> okay, so it does in the very end of the report they cite three possible causes. Okay. I thought this was interesting, so I'm just going to tell you what they said. Yeah, please. So first, they theorized that the stress of mining inside the salt dome may have weakened it, making it more prone okay. to collapse, right? Which means yep. it's possible it collapsed from a distant vibration from the borehole. Remember, they're supposed to be 50 feet out from the edge right, of the right, salt right. dome. And that's, that's, perfectly, that's a perfectly reasonable explanation. Sure, I can see that uh, yep. with my extended experience in uh, geology Yep. Petroleum yep. mining and salt. Yes. yes uh, second, they noted that there's a significant amount of time. There's about two and a half hours between the popping noise observed yep. on the oil drug and somebody citing water in the mine. Okay. Right. Meaning it might be possible that the mine failure caused the stuck drill, not the other way around. Not the other way around. So the mine sure. fails, Again, the drill gets stuck, and then it starts yep. to flood. Another completely... Uh, plausible explanation Mm -hmm. there a third one (laughs) yeah is it gremlins (laughs) it's better than gremlins uh it is Uh coincidence yeah no and uh, yeah Mm -hmm. you know the mine may have failed just as the drilling was going on a safe distance away i feel so bad for the person who had to write this paragraph because it is shaky shaky writing it's real shaky yep it's hard. It's really hard to justify that. I get it. I mean, I my personal theory, mm-hmm. I think I'm going with saltwater Balrog. Balrog? I th- yeah, I think they just dug too greedily and too deep and uh, and unleashed a demon of the ancient world. 
No, and and I like that. I like that for this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes as much sense as anything else. <laughs> so the MSHA wraps up their report with a list of recommendations about warning equipment, communication, and keeping a good distance between salt domes and exploratory drills. Yeah, that sounds good. Well, those are good points. The final point yes. they make is this. I'm going to quote their okay. point number nine. Mm. Quote, Mine evacuation plans and drills should be continually emphasized at all underground mines. The successful evacuation of all personnel at the Jefferson Island mine is ample proof that intelligent planning may save many lives. And they're 100% correct. Agreed. Yes. You are the real heroes here. I was not with them on the coincidence. I am totally with them on their safety planning. Yes. And that is the bizarre story of the draining and refilling of Lake Panure. That is bananas. Yeah. That is bananas. Oh, we should note also that this kind of drilling yeah. is still going on in Louisiana, and uh, certain communities are experiencing things like sinkholes and seismic events that they say is possibly yep. related to those activities. Because remember, salt domes, once they get, once salt gets once mined out, you can pierced, use them yeah. for storage also. So... Companies sure. are pumping in natural gas and other things. It doesn't seem like a good idea to me, but they're huge corporations. It so I'm sure yeah. they've researched. So they obviously know better and have done their research. <laughs> I'm sure they watch all the YouTube videos and know more than I do. <laughs> so this is an ongoing uh, for certain Crazy. communities in Louisiana. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I, uh, That's bananas. I was really surprised to, first of all, that I had never heard of it, and second of all, that yep. nobody was killed. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I'm I'm a big fan of that. The real, the real hook for me. Yeah. The real hero here are the emergency management. People. OSHA. OSHA is the real hero of this story. Oh. OSHA and the unions. <laughs> so, there you all have right. it. Although we gave you slightly exaggerated credentials at the top of the show, we do fact check our stories. Boy, does that need an asterisk for YouTube. Uh, in an effort to give you the best disaster experience possible. YouTube is full of facts. Want. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're just not always true They're facts. not always true. If you'd like to read more about our sources, a complete bibliography is available in our show notes. And if we got anything wrong, please let us know. You can do that by emailing us at relative.disasters at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to shame us publicly, why not use our Instagram at relative.disasters. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Relative Disasters. We hope you've enjoyed the story and the discussion. And please join us next week for another strange, dangerous, and interesting event from history. My brother has selected our next disaster. What's it going to be, Greg? (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, we are doing something we've never done on this show, which is we are going to talk about a sports disaster. Oh, boy. We are going, uh, and, and I just cannot seem to escape the early 1900s. We are <laughs> you going love it back there. To the, I don't know why. I really don't. It's terrible. But uh, You love it. We're going back to the 1919 World Series, and we are going to dig into the truth behind all the mythologizing of the Black Sox scandal. I'm just, I wish you could see my face. Our father is never going to talk to us again if we get anything wrong on this. So I hope you do your research carefully. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Can't wait to, uh, can't wait to do that. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. <clears throat> that sounds like an amazing disaster, and I can't wait to talk to you about it. <laughs>